everyone's worried about tapping into social security, but what if you create all these passive income streams and create some diversity into it so that you're in several deals and accumulate enough passive investment to replace your W-2 job so that it can be a choice. It's work optional. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show. We're here today with Michelle Jong. Hello, Michelle. Hi, it's an honor to be with all of you. Well, thank you for being with us. Before we get started, today's show is sponsored by Fortress Capital. It's a private equity company that I founded to help physicians build passive income through commercial real estate. Being a physician is a high-stress job, and building passive income streams is key to not feeling trapped in that job. All right. So Michelle comes from a family of doctors, and she is the black sheep who is in real estate, but using that to help doctors and help her family. Michelle, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes. Well, thank you so much for the kind intro. As you had alluded and correctly described, I am the black sheep of the family where I come from a long list of medical professionals. I mentioned to you earlier that my sister's a ER doctor, wound care specialist in the South Tennessee, and my youngest sister is a physical therapist in the Bay Area. And I've got cousins and nieces and aunts and uncles all in the medical field. So it's a real pleasure to be speaking to your audience. So what brought you into real estate if everybody else was going into medicine? Well, I actually come from technology and my last startup was in caregiving. It was called Life Assistant. It was for its caregiving age tech for everything to create kind of a more holistic approach to caregiving. I had been a caregiver for 12 years with my mom, seeing the highs and lows and everything in between. And one of the largest impetus was my mom and being a single mom to two young kids at the time. That coupled with the 60 to 80 hours in tech startup, it wasn't a long-term solution. I think a lot of people in the audience can understand where they're just juggling family life, work-life balance all their obligations at work, et cetera. And I was faced with the exact same predicament. Something had to give. And that something was really taking a deep look at myself and asking, what are my whys? What's motivating me? It's the people that I love. It's doing things that matter for the people that matter. So I pivoted from tech and tech startup life to working and to entering the commercial real estate space full-time about five or six years ago. Now that you're in that space, and I start to see this a lot, the connection with people coming from the tech world often have a very similar experience to a lot of doctors where it can be a lot of hours and a lot of stress and a lot of just kind of taking over your life. And especially if you're employed in the tech world, it can be a great salary. But when you're done, you're not building something for you. You're building stuff that when the paycheck goes away, it goes away too. Exactly. The tech world, there's even greater risk to some degree, but you definitely hit on the nail, Mike, about there's a certain amount of intensity 
there's a certain amount of risk. We're all in it. Like every one of your audience members, yourself included, you entered the field because you wanted to make a difference. You had a passion and that was the same idea for me as like changing the world with an app or software. Now we're talking about AI tools. And at the end of the day, it's if you work, you work, you get paid. If you don't, you don't. And I like to think that my future is one in which I can get out of the rat race. You, know, you smile because I'm sure that resonates with a lot of us. And that was my primary motivator is searching for a career that can be present for my loved ones, especially my mom as she was in her declining years and my children doing what mattered and still making a difference. And real estate was the best of all worlds for me. So with that the idea of leveraging that bigger income stream into something that doesn't just go away when you stop working. This is just one of my favorite things to talk about. So I love to hear it from other people's perspectives yeah. about why you turn to real estate to do that and how real estate does that for you. Well, it wasn't just the benefit of creating that building a passive income stream because as you probably also know, if there's no silver bullet, it's not an overnight success. It's a marathon and it's something that in which you invest your time, money, and effort and it accumulates, it compounds. So that's what was something that attracted to me, but also that flexibility. I was really, really looking for that flexibility in life that I didn't have as much in tech. So now that you're, and we'll get into your real estate endeavors, but what does that do now for the doctors that you know, your family, like what opportunities the work that you're doing offer to them to help them get out of the rat race or choose their own direction? Well, I'm very close to my family. We don't really talk business <laughs> so as a full disclosure. However, it is something that I do speak to my dad a lot about. For instance, the passive income, being your own boss. I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, but everyone needs a blank you money or a blank you fund. And so real estate had given me the ability and the opportunity to create that. Uh huh. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You tiptoed around that nicely. So <laughs> it's an interesting, when you start thinking about it, those streams of income, and that's really the big thing when you start investing in deals passively, is it becomes yeah. income streams that you don't have to work for. And I recently heard, I believe it was Peter Kim who gave a talk at a conference that talked about buckets versus a stream. And I think most of the time we think about our financial freedom as having a big bucket of money. And how do I build it? So my bucket is big enough that I don't have to worry about a job anymore. And there's inflation and you're like, oh, I don't know what's ahead. So that bucket never seems like it's big enough. Perfect. Yeah. But when you turn and start thinking about it as streams and especially investing passively, you start investing and you're seeing this stream of money coming in that you don't have to go punch the clock to earn. And then as you take that money and you reinvest it, the stream gets bigger 
And all of a sudden you start looking at your stream and you're like, wow, this is flowing pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a bucket. And if I keep nurturing my stream, now I can start cutting back on one side Mm -hmm. and the stream starts filling in and it's a much more comfortable and less stressful way to look at not being trapped by your job and becoming, I love the term work optional. Yes. That I can go to work if I like it. I can go to work if I want to earn some extra more, but I don't have to put in 60, 80 hours a week anymore. I'm not tied to that. I think that the bucket versus stream analogy is perfect. It's one of the reasons why I actually got into the real estate space. And to be honest, I rebranded my company name to Fire Capital because F-I-R-E, unlike the traditional definition, for me, it stands for achieving financial independence through real estate. So that whole concept that you mentioned about feeling at ease or peace of mind because you're growing that stream bigger and bigger, it's like each deal that you invest in through syndication or JV, because there's lots of different ways for a medical profession to get into real estate. It doesn't have to be single family home purchase, et cetera. And we could talk about that more, but there are two huge benefits. It's not only the cash flow of the stream of buying equity into multifamilies. So I'm a syndicator. I also offer JV opportunities and investors can passively invest and receive quarterly updates through that equity holding of that apartment building. But there's also on the flip side, there's the ability to protect that stream. And what I mean by that is there are huge, massive tax benefits that you've probably already aware of that you can offer to kind of create a bigger stream faster. And the laws are changing, but it's still highly beneficial. I laugh because the whole ability to pay very little through real estate deductions is true. And it's something that's offered. It's completely legitimate and legal. And it's called cost segregation bonus depreciation. And would be happy to introduce any of your listeners as well as yourself to some experts in the field. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing about that. I remember when I first started investing passively was that on my paycheck, I'm paying a much higher tax rate. Well, as a practice owner, it's one high tax rate on my W-2 portion that you got to pay yourself a salary. And then the portion Mm -hmm. that comes out of the business is lower tax rate. But then I'm looking at the money that's coming in the real estate investments. And I'm like, well, I'm hardly paying any taxes on that at all or none. And it's knocking out some other, or may even come with more depreciation than the money. And so I get to put it against something else. Exactly. And as a doctor where you're used to being like in this high tax bracket where you just get slaughtered, it's like, what's up with this? I know. A lot of us have read probably Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If I had to choose one book to recommend that I wish I had read as an MBA student, for instance, that would have been it as opposed to accounting books. <laughs> but that being said, that funnel, he has a chapter on that funnel and the taxable income. And so if you can deduct pre-tax, that's where you're golden. That's a sweet spot. And that's exactly what real estate can do for doctors, nurses, anyone in the medical profession out there. And I even had one doc that she was like, 
is this legal? <laughs> That's why to throw in the legal part. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. So, it's and, definitely legal. And you scratch your head and going, okay, this is great. Let's yeah. go into more. Because if you imagine, like, let's say in one of your investor scenarios, you put in 100000 into a deal and with many others, and you'll receive a K-1 for your tax returns of maybe negative 40000 so 40 cents on the dollar. That is a tax deduction you can take. And if you put in more, you're going to get more. And that adds up. That's a kid's tuition. Yeah. Think about it. It's kid's college tuition, at least in my case. (laughs) And the thing I would tell people is talk to your tax professional. But if your accountant doesn't get excited when you talk to them about investing in real estate and changing the amount of tax you're paying as a doctor. Talk to some different accountants, please. Because the number of accountants that for years, I'm like, what else can I do? And they're like, well, you're doing everything. And even when I made my first investment in real estate that we bought a fourplex, accountant didn't tell me anything about cost segregation. Then you find out a few years later that the good news is you find out you can actually go back and still do it. So it's amazing how many accountants don't know about this and that really finding an accountant who knows about real estate investing to at least handle that part of your taxes. Yes. So I'm sure your listeners are going to be appreciating. We'll be DMing you asking for recommendations. (laughs) But going back to the bucket versus stream. So my sister, she has been very focused on that bucket, my older sister. And she's amazing. She's great. She's super good at what she does. I have deep respect. I couldn't do what she does. But a lot of doctors have that mindset of the bucket and waiting for that retirement, waiting for that bucket to get big enough in order to feel like they can retire. And when you look at it from a stream, something about rich dad, poor dad, like it was a light bulb moment when I thought, well, Everyone's worried about tapping into social security, but what if you create all these passive income streams and diverse, create some diversity into it so that you're in several deals and altogether you create a target, whether it's 10,000 a month or whatever, but accumulate enough passive investment to replace, as you said, your W-2 job so that it can be a choice. It's work optional to go full circle on your phrase, which I love and I'm probably going to have to adopt. but (laughs) I borrowed it too. (laughs) There's no copyright there. (laughs) All right. So I'm looking here at some of the notes and I want to get through this one question here because what we're going to do is I'm going to turn this into two shows. So we'll get through this question and for everybody listening, come back for the next episode because there's more good stuff. So, but here... How does a divorced single mom of two caring for sick parents? To me, that's just terrifying. (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness, I would probably have just been crushed at this point. So now it gets worse with over a million dollars in debt. Yeah. She financial independence. That's amazing. I can't say it was easy. And when I said that it was a hustle and a marathon, it definitely has been. But There's a well-known author who I deeply respect, Viktor Frankl, who talks about the meaning of life. 
And when you know your why, when you know your purpose, and that was my parents and my children and trying to create this independence, those are my whys. That's what gets me up in the morning. And that allows me to move forward. I'm very grateful that I was given the skill sets, like the foundational skill sets, like a lot of your listeners, highly educated. They've done the checklist, (laughs) purchases the house, maybe not the white picket fence, you know, have like their two point, whatever children been married, et cetera. And they're looking for, I guess, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They've done their work and they want to be able to kick back. I unfortunately wasn't given those sets of cards, but I was given, fortunately, a lot of grit, a lot of resilience, patience, determination, and the skill sets that I took from TAC, the the analysis, the strategy, the persistence to basically to kind of never give up. And that's one of the lessons that I would probably share for active investors, So there's a difference between the passive and the active. I think even for the passive, as a doc, when you're super busy, you're working a bunch of hours. And this is the way I felt when I first started. I was working 60 plus hours a week. My kids are in activities that I'm missing too many of them. Otherwise, you don't have time already for things that you want. And now you're like, okay, I want to learn how to invest in real estate. And it's like, I don't have time for that. But what I love about these stories, when you stop and look at what people who have really come through some hardship and busted through it, you're like, okay, I can. Do I have 10 minutes a day? Do I have a half an hour a day that I can start making these little steps and it picks up steam? And that's what I did. I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend a half an hour a day learning about how to invest in real estate. And a week later, I'm like, this is going to take forever. A month later, I was like, I'm ready to go. Started investing in deals, learning from those deals. And six months later, I'm starting to get returns off of those. And I'm like, okay, where can I find some more money? There you go. So you brought up a really good point. And that's, I guess, one of the key lessons learned. I carry this all the time. I'm a little old school, even though I'm in tech. I I write my to-do list on this little journal and also some notes, et cetera. And there's always that one thing. There was another book called like the one thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us write down things like laundry, groceries, just uh, clean the house, do some work deliverables, et cetera. But if you kind of flip the script a little bit and focus on like, okay, this is my end goal. This is like the purpose and the backward engineer, what my why is, what I end up wanting. So if it's 10K a month passive income stream, then how do I get there? And then kind of do it in many steps. So as you said in your earlier 10 minutes, so is there one thing I can do that will move the needle just slightly towards that end goal of 10K? And that's kind of how you do it. Again, there's no like winning the lottery. It's more, what's the one thing, the micro moving of the needle? Yeah. I think for docs, maybe it's tough because we've done that. If you went to medical school and went through residency, you had this 
goal way out there that you were working towards. But I think the big difference is that path was laid out. It's like you saw the whole staircase and you saw the different sections of the staircase and you knew you had to walk up the staircase. Well, with this, it's more intimidating because you don't see the whole path when you first start. And that's a great analogy that a friend of ours, Trevor McGregor, gave me. It was, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to see the next couple stairs. True. Because if you can see the next couple stairs and you make that little bit of time, you can take your time, climb up the next step. The steps beyond that will reveal themselves. And as you keep going, it will reveal how far of a distance you've climbed. Yep. It happens and you get there, but it's not going to be laid out. There's not the board review course to lay out the whole path for you ahead of time. But for me, that's part of what was fun is this whole new thing revealing itself. I'm like, wow, this is possible. It's not against the law. You don't have to pay as much in taxes. So yeah, so yeah, you can protect that stream by creating borders around that and making it bigger, faster through the tax deductions and benefits. And also, I'm big on education. And through my website, if I may, yeah, for the viewers, I write lots of free education. One is on the tax guide to passive income. So since we talked about that, so it's in my blog section. So if you go to investingwithfire.com and spelled out just as one word, maybe you can include that. Yep. That should be in the show notes. So great. If you go to the insight section, that's all education. There's a blog section, which I literally write about everything as a former economist. I write about the economy and where it's going. I actually was really humbled with the invitation to uh, listen in and talk with Ben Bernanke yesterday. So I totally nerded out on that. I did ask him the question about the 2% kind of inflation, where the Fed is going. I discussed tax benefits, 1031 exchanges. I talk about accredited investor versus non-accredited. Ex-Techie and me was talking about different tools that you can use that if you're an active investor you can fully utilize. And even if you're passive, you can certainly check them out and play with. Awesome. So check those out. Those are in the show notes. And so there's our lead to come back and listen to the second half of this conversation. We've got now an economist and the tech background that Michelle also has a background in AI and how this affects can be used in real estate investing. So please come back and listen to that. And we'll see you all soon. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional. And you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better. So I wanted to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. Schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.